We're so glad you've joined us. Right now, it's Barry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Well, it is the day after the election, and I don't know how you voted yesterday. I don't know how you're feeling this morning, but maybe there was some stuff that kept you up in the middle of the night, just kind of wondering how it was going to go down, and maybe you woke up this morning, and you're like, no. I don't know. I don't know where you're at. I don't know where things landed for you, but what do we do now? You know, regardless of whether everything went the way that we wanted it to, which I'm guessing is probably not the case for all of us. Or things didn't. What do we do now as Christ followers, as people who represent the kingdom of God? Well, Lee M. Cummings is uh, the founding and senior pastor of Radiant Church. And he addressed this on Sunday in advance. He was like, we got to know what we're going to do if things don't go our way. So let's talk about it. And he suggests there are three things for us as Christ followers to do. Number one, praise God. Praise God. Worship King Jesus. That's who we are. We're the people who worship the king. So today, regardless of how things went down, God is still worthy of our praise. He is still on the throne. He still has plans and purposes, big picture, but he also still has plans and purposes for you and for your influence in the world. So we're going to praise Jesus. And the second thing is we're going to pray because we're people who believe that prayer changes things, that prayer is literally transformational. It's not just you know, it doesn't just make us feel better about our circumstances. The king of the universe, the king of all things moves when we pray. And so we're going to pray. And then the third thing is we just really need to be mindful to protect our witness and to love people really well today. Because our fight is not against flesh and blood, not against, but it is against the principalities and the powers and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we're going to protect our witness today and we're going to be gracious and kind to everyone we meet. As I was going in to vote yesterday, I just, the thought popped into my mind. None of these people, none of these people are my enemies. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a healthy thought. That these are people that I'm called to love. No matter what their color is, you know, I'm talking about red or red or blue. blue. <laughs> right. And, and even if, the, even if, there is an enemy in there. Jesus, you have called me to love my enemies. Mm-hmm. That was my thought walking in. And my second thing that I did was I held the door for people going in. And oh, I that's said, awesome. how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, it was just an opportunity to say, you know what? This is important. Yeah. This is the way we do things in our country. And, and big things are at stake. But my hope is not, my ultimate hope is not in this. And I just think of the lyrics of a great hymn. God is working his purpose out as year gives way to year. God is working his purpose out. And the time is drawing near. Time is drawing near. Nearer and nearer draws the time. The time that will surely be when the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea. That's my hope. Mm -hmm. Not that politics is unimportant, And that, you know, decisions that are made don't have huge consequences, but that's not my hope. And I'm not devastated today. I'm not devastated today because my, my identity comes from Jesus, not from the color of my political party. Mm -hmm. That's good. 
There was a moment when I, after I had gotten my ballot, but I was waiting for a booth, you know, so it's just kind of still standing in line. And it felt like people were taking a long time. I was like, this is good. This is good. I mean, they're really, really considering. And I prayed for the people who were literally in their little individual booths. I was like, Lord, give them wisdom. Give each one wisdom today to just represent your heart. And if they're trying to figure out which way to go and they're just not sure, give them a little nudge in the direction of what pleases you, you know? I get kind of, I have a, I have some OCD and it's like, I'm filling out all these things and I'm thinking, oh, did I do it right? Did I fill it in right? And I go back over yeah, and I so check take, it. Well, and, I think it's important to take your time. It's not something to rush through. I'm sure my ballot is going to be discounted, you know, <laughs> and it's like, I don't need this stress. There's enough stress already in my day. If you voted, good for you. I'm proud of you. And for all of us today, regardless of how things go down, because there's still some results that we're waiting on. We don't have all of the information just yet, but today, you know, we're the people of God. Yep. Let's do what our father has called us to do today. Let's continue to build the kingdom of God in our nation and around the world. I think God's word says that I'm allowed a a little bit of grumbling and complaining and disputing and slandering. You know, as long as you manage it well. Yeah. I think that's what the word says, but I'm going to fact check that right, right now. I've got, let's see here, Philippians 2.14. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Hold it. I think I'm wrong. I can't do a little bit of slandering, grumbling, complaining. Ben, I can't do a little bit of it. Not at all. <laughs> and yet, and yet I, I do. But do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Mm -hmm. Day after the election could be very easy to grumble, complain, dispute, debate, slander, cancel, get into arguments, have hatred in my heart, do all things without grumbling or disputing. That's what a crooked and dis and twisted generation does. But we are the people of God. We are the people of God who are to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And as we do that, we light the way for a crooked and twisted generation to see, oh, there's a, there's a different way to be human. Mm -hmm. There's a new way to be human. I love that. That's attractive to me. And they see that light and they come into the family because you know what? We don't have, we don't have enemies. We have a real enemy and it's the prince of the power of the air, but people are not our enemies. And they are those that if they're part of the crooked and twisted generation need the light and they need us to shine it bright today. Mm-hmm. I th you know what, if I were to just kind of skinny down my this verse, Philippians 2.14, what I take away from it is if you're all complaining and if you're grumbling and if you're arguing, you're actually impacting your witness negatively. Yeah, for sure. And we're, I guess, adding to the darkness if that's possible. Mm -hmm. We're part of the problem, not part of the solution. And so... What does it look like to shine a light? You know, it means to be kind, to mm -hmm. 
to everyone we meet. It means to be compassionate. It means to, you know, to ask for forgiveness when we've hurt somebody. Yeah. It means, you know, working through conflict. It means loving your enemy, praying for the ones who persecute you. It's, it's being like Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when the whole world around us is shaken by the circumstances of the world, we're settled. We're anchored. You know, we've got our eyes fixed on Jesus. It's not that we're not impacted. We are. We're impacted by the stuff that goes on around us. We're just also held at the exact same time. So, Lord, we can't do this on our own, but we're your people. We have your spirit. We have the spirit of Jesus Christ. And so help us today to do all things without grumbling or disputing or complaining or canceling or slandering that we may be blameless and innocent children of God, because that is who we are without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation who are not our enemies. The Satan is our enemy, but we live in the midst of this crooked and twisted generation and we're to shine the light and declare the praises of the one who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Thank you, Lord, that though once we are darkness by your grace alone, not by anything good in us, but by your grace alone, we are now your lights, so help us to be your lights. Do you ever feel like the Father is reading your mail? (laughs) There are days when I sit down to spend time with Jesus and I open up my devotional, read the first sentence, and my jaw hits the floor. Like, how... Did you know this was going to hit me the way that it's hitting me right now? He knows because he's God. He created this day and he goes before us. So he knows all things. So yesterday I was having a hard day. It was like a horrible, no good, very bad, awful day. And I felt this heaviness weighing on me. And one of my first waking thoughts yesterday morning was, Lord, help. I need you. I don't know how today's going to go. And I don't know what you want me to do. Please help. And as the day continued, it just didn't get easier. And my time with Jesus got delayed. But when I did get to sit alone with him and just be with him, this is what was in my devotionals. I like to read the Jesus Calling as as one of the things that I do in my time with the Lord. And it's written as though God himself is speaking to you. This is Jesus Calling, November 8. Learn to appreciate difficult days. Hmm. <laughs> I should look ahead and, and you know, have an idea of what my day is going to be like by checking my Jesus calling yeah, journal. I get it. Anyway, it said, learn to appreciate difficult days. Be stimulated by the challenges you encounter along your way. As you journey through rough terrain with me, gain confidence from, from your knowledge that together we can handle anything. This knowledge is comprised of three parts. Your relationship with me promises in the Bible and past experiences of coping successfully during hard times. So look back on your life and see how I've helped you through difficult days. If you're tempted to think, yeah, but that was then and this is now. Remember who I am. Although you and your circumstances may change dramatically, I remain the same throughout time and eternity. This is the basis of your confidence. In my presence, you live and move and have your being. And then Isaiah 41, 10, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What I hear you saying is what I hear the Lord saying is stay close to me. And 
you know, I will give you the strength that you need. And, and I know that, yeah, yesterday was a hard day for me as well. And, you know, I didn't like it, but I know that I grow most when I go through hard times. Mm -hmm. I grow most through the difficulties. And that's what the word says. Rejoice in your sufferings. Rejoice in your sufferings. I don't want to. Rejoice in your sufferings. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, proven character. So God's developing Mm -hmm. us. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. So when we go through these things, we have a God who is loving us and holding us by the hand. Mm-hmm. And that's not in this particular passage. He says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. There's another passage in Isaiah that says, I take hold of your right hand. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is encouraging to me. Yeah, so encouraging. And at the time that I sat down with the Lord and I read all of this yesterday, it had been a difficult day, but I didn't even know, you know, I thought, oh man, this is all kind of behind me. I should have got this first thing in the morning. But what I didn't know, I was going to be in a car accident yesterday yesterday afternoon. You know, my car might be totaled. My day was derailed. Like I didn't even know all of that was yet to come. So God was preparing my heart. It wasn't old news when I got to it. He was preparing my heart. And by the way, Shauna's okay. Yeah, I'm fine. And everybody in the accident is a bit shaken, but okay. Yep. A lot of banged up cars that are going to, maybe your your car's going to be totaled. Not sure about that. We'll find that out today. But we all walked away. There was no ambulance involved, which was just a miracle, really. I mean, quite yeah. something. And Shauna did a lot of praying for the people on the spot, was an angel on the spot. So, you know, totally totally see you in your element there, even though you didn't like it. I didn't like it and I didn't feel like I was in my element, but whatever this day holds for you, I don't know what you're going to go through today, but I know 100% you are not going to go through it alone. The I am is with you. Maybe you're in a hard place right now, a desert, a wilderness, Maybe you've lost your job or maybe it's a divorce or the loss of a family member or some bad news or someone close has walked away from God and all you have are memories of the great things God has done for you in the past and you can't seem to grab hold of any hope for the future. You can't see it. If so, let this promise from God's word shine like a sliver of sunlight breaking through a cloudy sky. See, I am doing a new thing. That's Isaiah 43. Whenever God says he's going to do something new in the Bible, he's saying that he's going to rescue us again. He's saying he's going to show his power and love in your and my life in a brand new way. 2,600 years ago, God's people were slaves again in Babylon. The Lord had rescued them by his mighty power from slavery in Egypt, and he brought them into freedom in the promised land. But for hundreds of years during their time in the promised land, they turned away from God. And so he sent his people back into slavery in Babylon. And in Babylon, all they have are memories of God's mighty wonders in the past. And that brings us back to this word from Isaiah 43. I am the Lord who opened a way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. But forget all that. 
It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. Mm, I love that. Mm -hmm. For I am about to do something new. Come on. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. I've been doing a deep dive study with my small group into Habakkuk or Habakkuk, however you choose to say it. (laughs) But we've been studying that and it's a conversation between a prophet and the Lord himself. And the Lord says these words to the prophet. He says, hold up, hold up, watch, just watch because I am about to do something. I mean, how that changes our posture, right? Went from complaining to this is going on and that's going on and this is going on to a posture of, listen, I am watching. I am on the lookout for what God's about to do Mm -hmm. because I know he's going to do something new. And I love how God's promise just breaks through the darkness. Mm -hmm. You know, it's completely dark. And then his promise is spoken. His word is spoken and it just breaks our darkness. It breaks us out of our poisonous ways of thinking. And I have them. You know, God in this passage is saying to his people, Forget how I rescued you from Egypt. I mean, this was the major rescuing act of God in the Hebrew times. He's saying, forget that. Quit dwelling on the glory days of the past. I think that's what he's really Mm -hmm. trying to get at. Because I'm about to rescue you again. I'm about to come up there. Yep. Or I'm about to come down there. (laughs) Don't make me come up there. (laughs) Right. But I'm coming up there. I'm about to bring you back home. And God did. He brought them back to the land. And, you know, if all you have are memories of the amazing things God has done in the past and you have no real hope for the future, think again. God says, see, I am doing a new thing. Mm -hmm. Now it springs up. For me, this last season, I feel like I've lost my passion for Jesus. I'm just being honest. Mm -hmm. My passion for the world he so loves I feel like I need to get back to my first love, which is Jesus. And I, I don't really know how to rekindle it Mm -hmm. except to say, Jesus, would you, would you rekindle my first love for you and, and show me the, the idols in my heart, the things that I, that I am loving more than you that are taking away that passion. And yeah, pray for me on that count. I think that when we, when we come to that place and when we feel that way, We've really got a choice. We can feel like, man, I just don't, I am not feeling it. Yeah. And we can lean out or we can say, I'm not feeling it and lean in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's how we pass, how we posture ourselves to receive from the Lord. We can create environments. We know the Holy Spirit loves and enjoys like worship. You know, we can be in God's word where his truth can break in and, and, and reach our hearts and, and fan that flame again um, or lean out. And I know you're a leaner inner. That's just like, a, that's just going to happen. That's just how it's going to go yeah. down. But I would love to pray for you. I would love to pray for you now and everybody who's in the spot that you're in. Yeah. Just that God would do a new thing. You know, I need this and other people are going through stuff and they need to be rescued again. And, and God's saying, I'm going to do a new thing in your life. Now it springs up. So yeah, pray for me and pray for, Everybody, whatever they're facing right now, whatever kind of darkness that that the Lord will just shine his light in. Lord, we love you so much. And we're so taken aback that you actually get us. I think that's one of the things about Jesus that rocks us so much is that he 
he had skin and he had bones and he had teeth and he had hair and he had flesh and he lived and he felt, he had emotions. He felt sad and he felt happy and he felt, you know, disappointed and, and all of those things. So emotions, they're not sinful in and of themselves. You created them and emotions are not a bad thing. But Lord, when we're in a dry season and we don't feel your nearness, we don't feel your love and we don't feel passion. It's hard to keep moving in the right direction. And so I just want to lift up Harry to you right now. And I pray that you would fan the flame in his heart today. I pray you'd crash into him Mm. with your grace like you have before and just remind him in a new fresh way, not in the old way, but in a new way with the new things that you're doing, just how proud you are of him, how much you love him and all the good things that you have planned for him. And for everybody who's listening right now, who's in that spot right now, they just, they feel like, man, I totally resonate with what Perry's saying right now. Fan the flame, Lord Jesus, in their hearts in this very moment. In Jesus' name we pray. We've got a little challenge for you out there the month of November. It's, it's you know, last November we did the no complaining challenge. This is gratitude is greater than grumbling challenge. It's not gra- not grumbling, not complaining, but instead giving thanks to God and saying what you're thankful for. And I'm curious today, who, who are you grateful for? God in his goodness created us to live in community. If you think about it, even Jesus didn't go solo. He had 12 disciples to help him accomplish his mission. So you and I weren't created to go solo either. We were created to live in community. We're better together than we are alone. I have a really good friend who made me believe in myself like way beyond whatever what I ever thought I was capable of. He spoke into my life and I at a time when I felt like I was completely overlooked and I was devalued. And he said, Shauna, you're a 10 talent person but you're acting like a two talent. Mm. God's got big things for you. And it was such an encouragement for me. I cannot tell you what that meant to me. And I'm so grateful to him and I'm grateful for him. Who are you grateful for today? Who's believed in you and called out the best in you? And what can you do today to let them know how grateful you are? Maybe it's just a text. I don't know, maybe a phone call. Maybe just invite them out for coffee and just take the opportunity to express to that person how much they mean to you. Get creative. Do you. <laughs> I'm glad that I got to to say thank you to my coach, Coach Karwaski, who is the first person to believe in me other than my parents growing up. And he was my basketball coach. He was also my driver ed training. And strangely enough, all we talked about during my driver ed training was basketball. We didn't talk about how to drive. And... He just passed away. And in September, I got a chance to just go. And, you know, I thought when I heard that he had passed and and we had gotten to talk on the phone the last couple of years, and I just thought, I have to go. Mm. I have to be there. And I got a chance to just share my heart and give thanks for him. And he had a, a beautiful faith in Jesus. He has notes on every single one of the books of the Bible, they're in, they're in a file cabinet. Hmm. I said, don't throw those away at yeah. the funeral because I knew about that. But he was just a, a lover of Jesus. He was, you know, in prison ministry and loved the word. Not a perfect guy, but yeah, he, like, like the guy that spoke into your life, you know, Coach K said, I believe in you. You know, I said, Coach, someday I'd love to score 40 points. And he said, you will. 
Oh, that's awesome. I didn't. <laughs> yeah, but you know, to have somebody who says that's that's doable. Yeah. Like that's within the realm of possibility for sure. Shoot for it. Go for it. Maybe he thought you will over a course of five, six games, <laughs> you'll score 40. Oh, that's fun. I mean, we've been at a game where we, you know, we recognized that one of the players was getting really close to that mark and we were, everybody was trying to get her the ball and make it happen. You want it to happen. That we need people like that in our life who are rooting for us and even tossing us the ball and saying, I believe in you. You're going to get to that 40 points. I think there's two sides, like two takeaways from this conversation. One is who are you grateful for? And make sure that you express that to them today. But I think the other one is I'm inspired to want to be that person for somebody else today. Me too. Yeah. So when you're thinking about who you're grateful for, yeah, reach out to them and let them know today. But also just kind of keep in mind how you might put wind in somebody else's sails. How You might be the words of encouragement that they need to hear today. Well, take it from my experience, trying to earn your way into heaven is a bad idea. If you could live a sinless, flawless life, if your every word and every action were done in love, if your hands were only used to help and your feet only took you to places that brought water to the thirsty, if every motive and every intention of your heart were completely pure, totally motivated, motivated by love, if all these things were true of you and me, then we would, we would earn eternal life and intimacy with God. If this were true of us, God would give you and me the reward of our perfection, heaven, paradise forever, if we could live flawlessly perfect. That's the standard for earning heaven. I can remember the first time I felt dirty. It was stumbling onto porn when I was eight years old. I remember the exact moment and where it was. It was in the grove off O'Brien Drive. There was this massive grove of pine trees and people would discard their porn there. And I found it when I was eight years old. And I don't know if God held me accountable before that, but that was the moment I was first aware of sin. Mm -hmm. And that's the moment I realized I was disqualified from earning heaven. I, I don't think that was my, you know, my thought, you know, I'm not qualified, but that was the feeling. Mm-hmm. The door to earning heaven is closed to you and me and to anyone who has ever lived and to anyone who will ever live except for one. And so let's jump to a story of Jesus. It's late afternoon. Jesus has spent the afternoon teaching a crowd of over 5,000 and his closest followers say to him, send the people away so they can find food. And Jesus says, you give them something to eat but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus answered, have the people sit down. He takes the five loaves and two fish. He gives thanks and breaks the loaves. And there's enough for everybody with 12 basketfuls left over. Fast forward to the evening before Jesus was crucified. He's with his 12 guys. He takes bread and the gospel writer Luke says, he gave thanks and broke it. He gave thanks and broke it. Same phrase Jesus uses when he feeds the huge crowd. But this time he adds, this is my body broken for you. In other words, this loaf of bread represents my perfect life, my flawless righteousness. Dr. Neil Martin says, Jesus takes his own righteousness, worked out in practice in his own physical body, 
and entitling him to heaven, earning eternal intimacy with the Father, and he allows it to be broken. He makes it enough for everyone. Instead of taking the earned reward of heaven for just himself, he instead allows himself to be broken so that we who don't deserve heaven can have what only he deserves. One loaf of bread, one life that deserved paradise. Broken to give life to you and me and anyone who believes. With 12 basketfuls left over and, you know, Jesus could have just lived out that perfect life and then ascended up to heaven and he would have gotten what he deserved. But instead, before he ascended up to heaven, he let himself be brutally broken so that we can have what we don't deserve. Yeah. And I, you know, there's a couple of things that stand out to me about this. One is for sure, like how blessed are we that Jesus did what we could not do and we get all the benefits. We reap all the benefits of his goodness to us. But also I think, you know, I'm challenged by it because we're called to be like him. And I think just especially today in the wake of the election, right? Like our call to be like Jesus is to be broken for others, Mm -hmm. to not have it be about us, but to humble ourselves and, and to do whatever we can do to show others who Jesus is today. Yeah, we, there's this cycle, there's this rhythm of we receive the gospel, we become the gospel. We receive the gospel, we become the gospel. Like, you know, yeah. we, we receive the gift of his brokenness. And then as you say, you know, we become like Jesus. We are broken ourselves. We become, we are wounded healers. The body of Christ broken for you, enough for you, for me, for all the world. And let's, in our brokenness today, bring the life of Jesus to those around us. Thanks for listening to Perry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.